0: Welcome everybody to the Clifton's Podcast. I'm your host Clifton Grooms. Before we get on with tonight's episode, want to give a shout out to our sponsors who have come on board here for the last couple of weeks. want to give a shout out to the team at Tolly & Associates, also Nikki Grom and Barnes Roofing, Dave and Jen Showberl, Rob and Stacey also want to give a shout out to Patrick Lyle and the team there at American Family. also want to give a shout out to um, Little Caesars of St. Joseph and our brand new sponsor, Adams Bar & Grill. Thank you guys so much for your contribution. Thank you guys so much for your support of the podcast. Now on to tonight's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we are still here at MIAA Basketball Media Day here at the College Basketball Experience, getting you ready for the MIAA 2022-23 season. We are here with Griffin men's coach, Will Martin, his first one-on-one appearance on the podcast. Coach, welcome welcome to the podcast.
1: Finally, I thought you had blackballed me, Cliff. I never thought I was going to be able to get on your pod. Oh, never.
0: Oh, never. So, um, well, coach, um, I want to start, um, back in time a little bit. Um, you no, know, just talk about really, you know, I want to get into your love, um, your love for basketball and your passion for it and, um, where that all started. I
1: can't even remember. I mean, from the moments I could walk and, and crawl and, you know, my parents told me that I had a basketball in my hand. So, uh, it's, it's been an intrinsic love since before I can even remember, um, the game's been great to me. I was a very average high school basketball player, but was able to be a student assistant at Kentucky and then working the, in the NBA for a year with Anthony Davis. Um, and then Tulsa as a GA and a video coordinator, San Francisco as ops and an assistant coach for Sundance Wicks and now a head coach. So the game has taken me all over the world, all over the country. I've got to experience a lot of highs and lows because of it and I'm just really grateful.
0: I want to talk about your time at Kentucky. Um, you were a you were a manager on that national championship team back in twenty back in twenty twelve with Anthony Davis and those guys. So that was the team that beat Kansas for the national championship. Can you just talk about just being a part of all that and just the ride of um, learning under Coach Calipari?
1: Yeah, it was paramount. It was surreal. Um, it still hasn't settled in, and that's been years and years and years. I'm thirty three years old now. Uh, it's been over a decade since I experienced that and it's it still you know it never settles in and i'm just really grateful for the opportunity i had there uh, we had a three or four really really good teams and you mentioned the national championship team the one thing that that really sticks out to me and uh something i've always always strived for in, in teams that i've coached since is how selfless that team was i mean you had you had multiple superstars, uh, first round draft picks on that team, and they had no ego. It, it was selfless. They were all about the team. They were all about the mission of winning, and that's why that team was great. Yeah, we had talent, we had athleticism, um, but they were connected and they were selfless.
0: So you work in the NBA um, with um, Anthony Davis. Um, obviously, I think a lot of um, NBA, every NBA fan should know who Anthony Davis is. Um, can you just um, talk about what it was like working with him?
1: Yeah, it's a, it was a humbling experience, um, more so than professional, like, that's my guy. You know, we we're really good friends, and, you know, he gave me an opportunity at a young age, and we were both young, and um, really just appreciative of our friendship more than anything, and uh, was able to experience the world a little bit, went to London because he was a part of the Olympic team, um, got to live in New Orleans for a year. I got to see him play at a high, high level, uh, the highest level uh, being in the NBA. And so um, great experience for me. I love Anthony Davis to death and who he is as a person. Um, he's just, he's great. He's a one percenter, not just on the court, but in life.
0: Well, then you come here you come you know you had some yet at a stint there at tulsa and san francisco as you mentioned um can you just some talk about how um where how you got here to missouri western and what um what some of the contributing factors which led you here to saint joe
1: yeah all the factors are other people so i think that we're all a product of people who first invested in us and uh, got to work for coach Cal at kentucky and he's been a great mentor um got to work for danny manning and frank haith at tulsa rex walters at san francisco scott combs and jeff Bain at martin methodist and sundance wicks at missouri western so uh where where i am is not credit to me it's credit to everyone who's invested in me and seen something in me and been with me through good times and bad times and, and helped me through my weaknesses but also lifted me up through my strengths and so Who who I am and and any type of success that I ever experience in life is not because of me, but other people.
0: Well, Coach Wicks um, really was a huge part, really, to leading Missouri Western men's basketball back to um, back to where it needs to be. You know that great 1920 season. Um, you know, but then he, he 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 takes a job as an assistant at Wyoming. You know, going back home, um, and then you become the head coach. I know all that probably happened so fast and so quick. But can you just talk about um, what that was? What that what that was like? You know, and then getting named the head coach here.
1: Yeah, that was a humbling experience too. You know. Sonny left and that's one of my best friends in the whole world. So you're processing, not just him getting another opportunity, but him leaving town and what that looks like. And then you look internally on, you know, what does this mean for me um, and and our team? And so I had no inclination that I was gonna get the opportunity to be promoted to head coach. Obviously I wanted it and and I, um, I pushed forward, to be able to have that opportunity, but uh, there's nothing that prepared me for that. I, I had no no clue that Sonny was gonna leave how he did or when he did and was super excited for him and his new opportunity and grateful for the uh, chance to be promoted and, and kind of take the torch from where he started, which was unbelievable. You know, he turned the, the program around. Um, what he did his second year, I still say, you know, he, he was, not to take credit from anyone else, but he he should have been in the discussion for MIAA Coach of the Year, just because that's a team that was picked uh, if not dead last near the bottom, and he took that team and finished fourth. He brought new energy to St. Joseph. Um, we started packing Looney again, and so what he did for this program um, should never go unnoticed or unsaid, because he really he brought the juice. You know That's his brand, but he, he really brought it, and people felt that, and I think that we've been able to have some relative success since he left. Obviously, last year we didn't finish the way we wanted to, but the year after he left, we, we went to the NCAA tournament. And I think that the type of kids that we're bringing in and the culture that we have at Missouri Western, a lot of it is credit to Sundance.
0: Can you come in? So 2021, I mean, you, you you experienced some of the highs, some of the lows, and then some of the highs again. Ultimately ended up finishing third in the MIAA and ended up making a regional for the first time, I believe, since 2010 or 2011, one of those seasons there. But, um, you know, just um, talk about um, what it was, um, some of the highs, some of the lows, and then some of the highs again, your first year coaching here. There was a
1: lot, you know, and the whole world was going through it. Um, we were going through COVID and a global pandemic, which there was no blueprint for that no matter how many years you had been coaching or living no one was prepared so you're trying to navigate through that and we obviously got hit really hard we were eight and one and I believe we were tied for first in the league and COVID hit us hard and we had to take we had to take a break we had 13 guys that uh, went down with COVID all at the same time from a road trip and um, ended up losing seven straight so we go from eight and one to eight and eight, I believe. Um, and you're just scratching to stay alive. And we were able to rattle off five of our last six to, to finish third. So that that year was, like you said, full full of highs and lows, physically, psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, and uh, was really proud of the, the grit of that team to be able to stay present through all of those things and be able to make it to a regional like you said for the first time in over a decade.
0: you know in last season you know maybe some of those same challenges um, hit you know but you know no regional this no regional this season maybe a little bit of a setback um, for this program. Can you just talk about um, you know some of the some of the challenges from last season maybe maybe trying to live up to expectations of the year before and then um, just talk about those challenges yeah you
1: know we lost um we we lost some players uh to to injury which always is hard but that's a part of the game and you have to respond to that so i think that instead of viewing it as a setback uh, it was an opportunity for our young guys to step up and kind of trial by by air and 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 straight into the fire for lack of a better word um out of necessity giving those guys some playing time that we probably didn't have planned for them at the beginning of the year. And so, you know, I think that last year and the potential benefits of that, you can't you can't grade it until you kind of see what we do this year. And I think that if if we're able to have a more connected team, if you're able to see maturity from young guys because of the opportunity they had last year, if you see more resiliency because of you know, the, the struggles and challenges that we had, then you look at last year as a positive. And so I think you always have to, to look forward, you have to fail forward in life and basketball. And so I think that, you know, we can, we can turn that into a positive, it doesn't have to be a negative.
0: Well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite sayings of, um, of uh, you know, of your saying, and I've taken it in my personal life too, is flow faith, love, ownership, and work. How did you come up with that, and um, really just how do you, how's that been applying, you know, to the, to the men's basketball team?
1: Well, it, it's a concept that, um, you know, I was able to grasp at a dark time in my life when, um, you know, I, w- I was battling with, uh, you know, just losing a job in San Francisco, um, not knowing exactly where I stood in this profession trying to navigate through that and um, I was able to, I, I was able to, to get to this still place in, in my heart and in my life where I wasn't trying to manufacture things anymore. I was I was surrendering to the flow of life and, and that's kind of where the concept came and we, we've applied it in our program. You know, in basketball, people talk about the zone all the time and what it's like to be in the zone and you, you see a player that's outside of their thinking brain, you ask them after the game like, how are you hitting those shots? And like, I don't know, I was just in the zone. And that, that's really what the flow state is, is that you get outside of your thinking, anxious brain and you tap into something deeper, um, something more meaningful internally that's intrinsic. And you don't let external factors determine who you are. You let who you are as a person determine that. And so that's, that's the general basis of flow. Uh, we tell our guys all the time that the way you tap into it is having a tremendous amount of faith love ownership and work for yourself first and then sacrificing for your teammates to to have that for them too and to attack every day um selflessly and and, um having a a servant leader type mindset and and caring more about other people than yourself and that's kind of how you tap into that but it's a it's a it's a daily thing you have to put one foot in front of the other and and decide that you're going to be present you're going to um you're going to look internally instead
0: of externally and you're going to look look to serve other people instead of yourself well coach let's talk about the 2023 season a lot of players a lot of players back a lot of young players who got a lot of valuable experience um last season can you just um talk about um some of the players that you have back
1: yeah you know i'm really excited about um our freshman core from last year uh who are sophomores now you look at Tay Fields and Reed Kemp and Zion Swater and J.C. Anthony um, and, and Justin Bubak, who um, wasn't a traditional freshman, but a redshirt freshman last year. You know, that, that that class is so talented and they're so skilled. And we thought that it was going to take some time to kind of throw them into the fire. But like we mentioned earlier, we were forced to do that last year because of some injuries. And so I think that's going to be paramount for them this year and for their remaining time at Missouri Western. Anytime you get that on-court experience and you feel the weight of the ball when, when it's when it's pressured and um, you're, you're trying to win games and you're trying to figure it out. I think that that's going to be huge for them. And I think that people are going to see a skill set from them that maybe they didn't see last year because those guys were working so hard to fit their role. And I, I think of Tay Fields a lot. You know, he was a guy last year that, at 6-4 as a freshman had to play the four and the five for us because we were going small ball because we had so many injuries at the five and so a lot of people watch his game from last year and respect how gritty and tough he was to, to get rebounds and to do the right things but no one has really seen who he is as a guard you know which is <laughs> we, we laugh um, in practice because no one else has seen that and Um, He's worked extremely hard to be able to earn the right to exude that skill set that he has. And I think that a lot of people are going to be able to see that from him this year and all of our other freshmen.
0: I want your. Um, I want to be able to get your um, overview of the conference. Obviously, you know the conference lost a lot of star power on the men's side. When you're talking about Trevor Hudgens and um, Isaiah Wade and um, Tyler Guyman and um, you know Jared Vitzum from Fort Hayes, you know a lot of star power's gone out of this conference. Um, can you just talk about your your outlook on the MIAA on the men's side? I would love to. You know, <laughs> every year I've been. This is my fifth year. I was
1: an assistant for two, and this will be my third as a head coach. And every year I've been here people have said the league's going to be down because they lost so much talent and every year it's just reloaded with more talent and so the league's not going to be down the league's going to be the best league in the country like it always is in my opinion um there's going to be guys like tay fields that i mentioned earlier for us for other teams that maybe fulfilled a role last year um or or maybe didn't get the playing time because of guys that were ahead of them and they're gonna they're gonna step into the fold and people are gonna be like wow what what a talented what a talented team what a talented league i mean this that's, that's what this league does every year We have phenomenal coaches that do a tremendous job recruiting and developing talent and so um yes there there is a lot of um there's a lot of talent that has left, but um what I've seen and known from a high volume now five years of experience
0: is that the league is going to continue to, to reload and have great talent. Absolutely, this is why I call it the best league, and um, this is my favorite league in America. So, the MIAA. And um, when you look at the um, Missouri Western men's basketball schedule, I think a lot of um, the game on the schedule that I think a lot of people really took note of was October 30th, the exhibition game at Kentucky. Um, we we mentioned you know a Kentucky alum, you know served under Coach Cow. Um, really to get that exhibition game um, in the works, just talk about that process and then officially getting it finalized
1: yeah you know first and foremost it's all about our players and them being able to get that experience and have a platform that you know a lot of d2 players don't get um but also for missouri western as a whole in our community i just think it's a great opportunity um the game's going to be on sec network it'll be covered by all major sports programs um and i just think that it's an incredible thing you know i i I'm at a lack of words when it, when it comes to the potential upside to being able to play in a game like that. and You obviously have the storyline of me being a manager there and two of my staff members played there, which is great, but it's, it's really not about us. It's about our
0: players and this university. And then my last question to you, Coach, um, I, the word legacy has been on my mind a lot here, legacy. When you talk about the coaching career of Will Martin, um, what kind of a legacy do you want to leave when it's all, what kind of a legacy do you want to leave and how do you want to be remembered when it's all said and done?
1: Just one word, love. Um, You know, I I hope that every day I show people that I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice and serve um, and in moments where maybe I don't do that I'm able to um, to recognize that and, and quickly turn the page and turn the script to, to getting back to a level of just a, a deep level of, of love and appreciation for the people that I'm able to come in contact with and that starts with my players but also staff members um, administrators the community all i really care about is is love i think that it's the only thing that really has any true meaning in life Um, the success doesn't really matter the failure doesn't really matter wins and losses we don't get me wrong we want to win and we're going to strive to win and we're going to work hard to win um, at a high high level but at the end of the day no no one really remembers your record or how many rings or nets you cut down they remember the impact that you had on their life and i hope that if i have
0: a legacy it's a legacy of love well coach i think you've had done a great job on that legacy so far again um thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you for everything for the past couple of years and you know, all your friendship thank you so much for that and i look forward to um seeing your, you and your team on the court this season love you cliff you do a great job man